Hey, it's Hector. Hello, this is Stanley. Hi, it's Olivia. And welcome to the Minority Report, episode 56. We've done 56 of these things. That's uh, quite impressive, if yeah. I do say so. <laughs> um, as always, we are a podcast about news and culture by people of color. Is that what we are? For people of color, for white people, for everyone. For everyone. For, for everyone. Yeah, let's not. Um, we're fulfilling let's not a niche. Let's exclude anyone. No, 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 no. I'm not okay, excluding okay. anybody. No, no. <laughs> Except uh, you white people, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, so. We may make them uncomfortable, but we never exclude them. Uh, <laughs> yes. As always, you can listen to our podcast everywhere that you listen to podcasts, but especially on iTunes. Please, please leave us a review on there if you can um, let us know how we're doing and follow us on all our social media at minority pod everywhere except facebook where we are the whole thing the minority report podcast Alrighty, let's get into the episode this week this is going to be sort of a, a, another one of those interesting format episodes that be, that we've been trying out we sort of hinted at this episode last week um, so we're going to do one sort of main explainer topic and then we will do sort of our normal episode at the end, um, or at the second segment, if you will. Um, so the topic for today is something very close to me. <laughs> this is something uh, that we've been wanting to talk about for a while, and uh, we thought it's as uh, good as time as ever. Let's just go ahead and talk about it. Uh, we are going to talk about Latinx, Hispanic, uh, Latin, the difference between Latinx and Hispanic, the terms, um, Hispanic people in the U.S., Latinx people in the U.S., and of course... Or just uh, like Latinx and La- Latino or Latina. Yes, so... Yeah. So, uh, so first explain that. Yes, yeah, so um, that's something uh, I was going to explain. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry. So, uh, Stanley's jumping the gun. Uh, yeah. Latinx, of course, is the gender-inclusive in- term uh, for Latino and Latina. Uh, Spanish is a gendered language, unlike um, English. Mm-hmm. So uh, the uh, male or the uh, sort of like the masculine, masculine. the masculine uh, uh, terminology all, uh, almost not always but almost always uh, um, supersedes uh, the different the the, the feminine uh, um, gender mm. in the language. So it's a little complex. Um, of course, this is uh, the U.S. take on it. Um, the, the Spanish language is very protected in the same way that French is. So there's a lot of different feelings on the use of this term. And there's been a lot of different ways that the people have tried to be gender inclusive with Spanish. Um, but we, as a show, we're going to use Latinx. Um, but there will be times when we use gender terms, especially when it makes sense when I'm referring to myself. I am a you know male person, so I will uh, refer to myself as a Latino. Um, but yeah, let's move forward. Let's let's just get into it. Um, with the election of Donald Trump, who of course started off his campaign in 2016 uh, by calling Mexican rapists <laughs> and saying that they were not sending their best people over. Um, there's just a lot of misconceptions about um, what a Hispanic person is, what a Latino, Latinx person is. And um, we thought we should talk about it. We should explain it because there's even confusion among um, Hispanic people. Like it is such a a complex topic and it is very confusing. So we're going to try to do our best to sort of just explain it. So you if you listener have ever wondered what's the difference between Latinx or Latino, Latina and Hispanic, you will find out today (laughs) if you've ever wondered what race 
are uh, Latinx people, you will find out today <laughs> it is much more complicated it's than so you think. It's so complicated, y'all. Yes. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, one of the sort of the, the uh, t- not terrible thing, but one of the side effects of the way that the U.S. views race and culture, it's very binary. It's very black and white. So when you have um, Latin people, uh, um, Latin American people in the U.S., it becomes very complicated and very hard for just your typical American to sort of fit them in this binary black and white system. Um, So what ends up happening is that a lot of these people, a lot of Latinx people, me included, are all sort of racialized into one group. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, they are just, that's their group. But of course, that is not true at all. It actually makes zero sense to do that. And we're going to get into why? So let's start off with probably the biggest question. What is the difference between Latinx and Hispanic? Latino, Latina. What's the difference uh, between the two? Because they actually don't mean the same thing. They are not interchangeable. It's a lot of people uh, uh, thought. Yeah, um, maybe myself included. <laughs> yeah. So before we get into it, actually, I open the floor to you two. Um, before we started doing the research here, had either of you sort of known that there even was a difference? Because so and the reason I'm asking y'all is because, uh, of course, we're a Texas show. We grew up uh, with a lot of Hispanic people Mm -hmm. around us. But there might be listeners out there who have not had that experience and grew up in different places where they don't have uh, much contact with uh, Latinx people. So, yeah. So I definitely thought that the terms were interchangeable. Um, Yeah. Maybe like there's a small part of me that thought, oh, maybe they don't. But I wasn't. I was, like, too lazy to look it up. <laughs> yeah. But now that I did, now... Okay, yeah, but I've been... I've been using most of the time Hispanic, the word Hispanic over Latinx, so... Uh-huh. And, yeah, so I'm trying to learn more and be... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little more informed. Yeah, yeah. more informed and less ignorant about this. <laughs> well, we, we appreciate it. So I will speak for all Hispanic yeah. and Latinx people. We appreciate it. No, no. Olivia? Um, I mean, because I'm interested in, like, politics and intersectionality and race theory, I, you know, I had, I had already seen and read and done research on the difference between Hispanic and Latinx, and I already know a little bit sort of about, like, you know, the complicated, like, why it's complicated, because then you go into ethnicity and nationality and race and all of those things right. mixed together right. in, like <laughs> particularly amongst Latinx and Hispanic people in a really complicated way. Yep. Um and then you also have and like again because of the way America views race and people from other nationalities, it's like, oh, if you're from another country that's not Europe, you're automatically like not a white person (laughs) in like a lot of cases. Um, So you kind of get lumped into this whole group of, oh, they're Latino. Like they don't even use the proper terminology. They use like the masculine phrasing for everyone, Um, which I guess is technically correct by grammar rules. (laughs) Uh, By Spanish grammar rules. By Spanish grammar rules. Um, so yeah, I. So you, so you knew, but I think we, I knew. We can all agree that. But um, like, it's still really it's a confusing thing. It's really for a confusing, lot of and I think like it takes a couple of times. It takes a few times of really just like, kind of just reading about it, reading like the simple explainers, like one oh ones about it, a few right. times to even like get everything straight in your head. It's right, not like yeah. super clear cut. 
Yes, yeah, so let's just get into it. Latino, um, Latinx, and Hispanic, what is the difference? Latinx actually is referring to uh, people of, uh, of a certain origin in a geographical area. This geographical area, of course, is anything um, in North and South America below um, the United States, like physically below the United States. So we are talking about, um, of course, Mexico, which is in North America with the U.S., uh, the Caribbean, which is also in North America with the U.S., but, of course, South America, which has countries like Brazil, giant country of Brazil, um, Argentina. It is a lot of peoples in a lot of countries, yeah. um, but it is not referring to um, the language that they speak. So... People in Brazil are also Latinx, even though they don't speak Spanish, which brings me to Hispanic. Hispanic is referring to people of or uh, countries of origins that speak Spanish. So that is the baseline, most easy way to try to explain it. So, um, for example, um, someone from Mexico is both Latino and Hispanic because they are from a country that speaks Spanish, but they are also from Latin America. Now, someone from Spain is Hispanic, but they are not Latinx because they did not grow up in Latin America. That is just the most basic way to explain it. And and also, um, move on, sorry. No, 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 go ahead. What's the the Portuguese language country? Yeah, so Brazil. Brazil, Brazil, yeah. So Brazil, so in that, and I'm glad you brought it up because that is probably the best example to showcase this. People in Brazil who speak Portuguese, they were colonized by the Portuguese. Uh, Very similar language to Spanish, very similar culture to the Spanish culture, but still different in its own way. Um, They are not Hispanic because they did not grow up speaking Spanish. Now, I should know, and this is just not to confuse anybody, but I should just note it. Topic's um, confusing. You, <laughs> you are Hispanic even uh, even if you don't speak Spanish because your origins are from a Spanish-speaking country. So you could be someone who is uh, from Mexican origin but don't necessarily have to speak Spanish, but you're mm-hmm. still Hispanic, um, if that makes sense. Yeah. So... That is just pretty much the baseline way to explain it. Um, Really, you could explain it in one sentence. Not all Latinx peoples are Hispanic, and not all Hispanic people are from Latin America. There you go. That's how you sort of explain it. So now that I've uh, sort of explained it, um, I can get personal with me. Uh, Just For me, it's pretty easy. Uh, My parents are both from a Hispanic country found in Latin America, which is Mexico. I also happen to speak Spanish, so I am both a Latino man and I am also a Hispanic man. Um, and that's how I would explain it. But being a Hispanic and Latino man doesn't, and my parents being from Mexico, doesn't mean that I am Mexican, which um, can be really confusing for oh, a yeah. lot of people, yeah. especially <laughs> in the U.S. where we like to use someone's country of origin as a way to describe them. Um, so... That's a whole other thing that we're going to get into. And so I'm going to throw the ball over to Olivia, who's going to take it from here. Um, So all I will say is for listeners, uh, you're really going to have to pay attention for this. We're going to have a quiz by the end of this episode. Yes, because this is when it gets complicated. So Olivia, go for it. I mean... Nationality, when you think about it just simplistically, is very easy. Like... Where was the country you were born? Where's your passport from? Like, Mm -hmm. even people who immigrate to the United States go through the whole process and become U.S. citizens. Mm -hmm. Their nationality 
is now U.S. Exactly. So I am a U.S. citizen. All of Mm -hmm. us here are U.S. citizens. But I also have a dual citizenship with Pakistan. So I technically have two nationalities. Mm -hmm. Pakistan, USA. Right. Um, But the reason why it's, for example, incorrect to refer to Edgar as Mexican is because Edgar doesn't have a Mexican passport. Edgar... I was not born in Mexico. Edgar was not born in Mexico. Mexico Mexico and Mexican is referring to a nationality, which is very hard for people to understand. That's pretty much how... Yeah, yeah. Stanley's like... like, Stanley is trying to process Stanley's trying to process He's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, for example, Stanley, you're a U.S. citizen, Mm -hmm. so that's your nationality. You are... Like, your nationality is USA. That's what you would put on any, like, immigration document coming back into the country. Like... Oh, nationality, USA. You wouldn't put Vietnam mm-hmm. as right, a nationality. Exactly. Right. So same thing with Edgar. Edgar wouldn't put, like, even though his parents are from Mexico, mm-hmm. he, he is ethnically Latinx. He's Hispanic, he's Hispanic, but he would not put Mexican as his nationality right. when right. traveling, when doing anything. He doesn't have a Mexican passport right. or doesn't have a, like, he doesn't have dual citizenship there. Mm-hmm. He's not Mexican. So nationality, when you think about it in those terms, like what passport do you have is like a very... Right. It's it's a good way to think about it, especially when you're thinking about the complexity of Hispanic versus Latinx. Um, it's not super clear cut when you get into the nitty gritty, especially with, again, how the U.S. thinks about nationality and race. Mm-hmm. Like oftentimes nationality is coupled with with race. race. Yes. So, for example, for me, like, when you, like, Pakistani for a lot of people is, like, so much, like, it's a race as much as it is a nationality. Nationality. Exactly. That is also an incorrect statement. (laughs) Right. Um, So, then it... it, Yes, it's it's important to note that it's just... In the U.S., our system for describing race just does not comprehend, like, people, like, in our head, we're like, Mexican, that's a race, that's just easy. Yeah. We don't want to think about the complexities of colonialism, yeah. of, yeah. Inter- yeah, I don't of even, I don't even think in the U.S. it gets right. that granular, right? I right. think, like, if it's, if it's below the U.S. border, that's all one race. Which exactly. Which is also incorrect. Which is totally incorrect, but that's just how... <laughs> Uh, uh, um, people in the U.S. have learned to justify it, but they've uh, the shifting ideas of race also is what makes this complicated because, yes. as we all know, race is actually not a real thing. But that's for another episode. <laughs> um, anyways, moving on. Um, so I think like the easiest way to think about nationality is what is your passport? Yep. Essentially, yeah. right? Exactly. Like, what like. When you're coming back in from a foreign country, what do you put as your nationality on the immigration card? That right. is the easiest way to think about nationality. Um, race and ethnicity, though, those two, like, yeah, are like the line between them is really blurry, yep. and <laughs> yeah. it's it's honestly even hard to explain, but. Race is a social construct. Um, 
it's real. Just because I say something is a construct doesn't mean it's not real because it's obviously well, real. Uh, but the, the word is it's not biologically real. There is yes. no actual biological differences between different races yes. of yeah. humans. Yes. Like biologically, other than our biosex, there is not a difference rate like racially wise between me, Stanley, and Edgar. Right. If that makes We're sense. We're all the human race. <laughs> Did you just say that? Yeah. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> this is what this podcast is becoming no No. (laughs) i do not endorse that statement (laughs) (laughs) moving on moving on um race is a very complex topic but i think it's important to remember that there are people of all races who are also latinx and hispanic or latinx or hispanic exactly there are white Latinx people, there Mm. are black Latinx people, there Mm -hmm. are indigenous Latinx people. Um, So when we think about race, and Latin Latin America just generally is very complicated, um, Mm -hmm. because obviously it is a huge swath of land with a long colonial history, lots of different people emigrating over. And a very special kind of colonial history, very different than most other, the most of the way that other European powers colonize. When the English colonized the Americas, their strategy was literally kill all the natives, like kill mm-hmm. all the indigenous people, where in Latin America, both the Spanish and the Portuguese, their sort of model was let's intermarry, let's mix. And um, that's what sort of gave birth to the very diverse Latin America mm-hmm. that we have yep. today. Um, slavery, all of those things mixed together so racially you know because again for all of those reasons latin america as a whole um very racially diverse uh you have a lot of different races um and there are people who are white in latin america latin again just want to reiterate being latinx being hispanic not a race no. People in Spain are Hispanic, but they are white. Yes. <laughs> For the most part. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, because you could be uh, yeah. a Spaniard from a different race. That's true. Yeah. Uh, once again, it's a nationality. <laughs> yeah. Once again, it's a nationality. Right. Exactly. Um, um, I think it is important to know um, there's two, sort of the two uh, major powers in Latin America, of course, are Mexico and Brazil, and they are both the most intermixed countries, probably some of the most intermixed mm-hmm. countries in the globe. Um, the large majority of their populace is mixed race, which is just very hard for um, the typical American mind to wrap their mind around because yeah, it's because so black that, and white. Yeah, because in their heads, yeah. that's automatically right. like a new right. cat. And like, it's like, yeah. right, where in Mexico, ideas of race is very different. Um, of course, racism, colorism, all that stuff exists in Latin America. It is just different than the way that it exists here in the U.S. But in Mexico specifically, it's like, no, the cultural identities also and the national identities very tied into this idea of mixture and the mix and what level of mixture you are or whatever. And that is just a consequence and leftover of colonialism. Yeah. Um, but anyways, moving forward. So that brings us to, okay then, what is the difference between race and ethnicity? Because you're telling me that Latinx people and Hispanic people can be white, so I'm confused. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think that before, right? Right. So ethnicity is an ethnic, and an ethnic group is basically a category, a group of people who identify with each other based on similarities around 
ancestry, language, society, culture, nation, etc., etc., etc. To give a personal example, racially, I'm South Asian. That is a race. Ethnically, though, I am Gujarati. So mm-hmm. Gujarati is a state in northern India. Um, again, and that is just through customs, language, culture. Um, Gujarati is its own language. Um, but nationality-wise, I'm Pakistani. Mm-hmm. And ethnically, I'm also Pakistani, but that's like a whole other thing. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it's basically people who are bound together by a common... Right. We don't think about... It's like this. We don't think about it in this term, but we're... All three of us, we're ethnically American, but we don't think about it yes. that way. But uh-huh. we are. We're all ethnically American. We... Even though we all have very different walks of life. Yeah. We okay. grew up in America. Yeah. So, like, our language is common, mm-hmm. our customs are common, our mm-hmm. culture is common, and we have a common nation that just solidifies that. Like, nationality can solidify ethnicity in a certain way, mm-hmm. um, but it is not... A necessary factor in mm-hmm. establishing ethnicity, and neither is race. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. So, the, I, I, and I think it's important to 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 note that point right there because I think this is where a lot of people get lost because the just the idea that ethnicity and race can be different is very rough on people, and it's actually really hard on uh, Hispanic people and Latinx people themselves, <laughs> which we will discuss in a little bit. Um, it is just very confusing, especially when you grow up your whole life. Say you're a Mexican person, and your um, you know your life, your mixture is this part of this national identity and ethnic identity, but it's not your race, even though it feels so tangibly connected. You know, this is where it gets hard for a lot of people. Um, so if you're, if you're lost here, it's just going to get a little bit more confusing. <laughs> I mean, that is... I think that that was, like, the hardest part, at least for me initially, even just, like learning about race and ethnicity in broad terms without getting into the granular specifics of Latinx versus Hispanic Mm -hmm. is, you know, what, like, how does that separation work? Why is ethnicity different? Mm -hmm. Um, Just because I think in America, again, you think of people who are the same race also having the same customs, the Mm -hmm. same language, the Mm -hmm. same, you know, traditions, Etc. 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 And that's not necessarily true, right? Mm-hmm. Like, right. I am completely like I am ethnically completely different from someone who is from Sri Lanka, just as I'm complete ethnically completely different from someone who is from Mexico, for example. Right. It is, we just grew up in a way where we want to categorize people in these sort of S- neat boxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, uh, uh, I mean, especially, the world's not that easy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, especially when you're filling out any sort of go- job application, census, mm-hmm. tests, um, you get those boxes as like, what race are you? And then mm-hmm. there are these, all of these very specific, like white, black, Asian, things that make sense. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, to a certain degree, even though we all know that, like, all of those things are also oversimplified. And right. then you get, like, Hispanic or Latino. Like, you either get Hispanic or Latino. You don't usually have both of those options on there. And even then, it doesn't necessarily 
like that is not equivalent to what race you are, but it's still right. it well, still categorizes that. Right, and that's been at least as a, a Latinx Hispanic person growing up in the U.S. That's been one of those things that um, I've experienced in my life. When you get uh, demographic, like when you have to fill out a demographic form yeah. or whatever. Um, you have to sit and think about this. I remember um, my first job, you fill out, like you're filling out your application, you fill out the demographic data. And one of the questions was um, what race you are. And it's like, my race isn't on here. And it's like, so you have to put some other race or and then it's like, or other, and you have to fill in and try to explain it. So a lot of Hispanic people actually default to white um, especially the ones who are more white leaning. That's a whole other uh, topic yeah. in conversation. Or s- sometimes they will put some other race. And as we've learned, actually, um, the U.S. census counts some other race as white. So they just automatically funnel that some other yeah. race into um, whiteness. Um, and that's just sort of, you know, I remember that first job application and I was like, I don't know what to put here. I remember telling the HR lady, I was like, what do I put here? So I just went put uh, other and that's what it was. And you just go from there. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, it, um, I don't know. It's just, it's so complicated. And even for Hispanic people, it is so complicated that um, like there's huge groups of Hispanic people who choose to view, um, their ethnicity as their race. And that is their right. If they want to identify that way, here in the U.S. especially, mm-hmm. that's sort of like maybe in the U.S. the way that um, Hispanic and Latinx people view themselves will be different than the way that they would view themselves in Mexico. Me, for example, whenever I visit Mexico, the way I view myself is actually very different than the way they view me because I view myself as, you know, I'm part of your group. I'm, you know, I'm with y'all. I identify with y'all. And they're like, no, 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 you are not Mexican. You weren't born in Mexico. You did not have the uh, Mexican life. You didn't ha- you don't have that identity. Um, I actually, I wrote here this funny little anecdote um, about the word gringo. I know a lot of people are confused by that term. When you hear gringo, you people think uh, it means white person, mm-hmm. um, but actually it means foreigner. Um, and I remember being in Mexico and we were talking and I made some comment about a, a, a gringo or something. And I remember my cousin going, uh, what are you doing? You're a gringo. And it's like, wait, what do you mean? And then she explained it to me. And then it's like, oh, it clicks. I'm a foreigner to you. Uh-huh. Like, you know what I mean? Um, so it's just so complex for uh, Latinx and Hispanic people in um, the U.S. So much so that uh, the government's actually changing the census in the way that they're going to. Uh, yeah, the way they're going to ask that question. So there's actually uh, two reports here. I'm not entirely sure which way they're going to go. One way is they're going to remove remove the race question entirely. Mm-hmm. And then the other is that they are going to make it um, inclusive. So they will add uh, what ethnicity and race are you select whatever you identify with, mm-hmm. which would make more sense than the wording that is now. Um, yeah, so, that's that's a lot there <laughs> that I just so loaded. Explain like Guillermo del Toro. For example. Yes. So we, we, we were talking about this. Um, Guillermo del Toro is a white man. He is a white Hispanic male. Um, I did not know that. And he is no. also a Mexican man. Yeah. He's literally born in Mexico. He has that Mexican identity that I will never have because uh-huh. he's literally <laughs> from Mexico. Uh, but he's a white man. Um, racially, he is a white man. Both his parents are descendants from Europeans. Mm. Um We'll take me, for example. My mom is descendant from all white Europeans. She's a white 
Mexican woman. Mm. My father is a uh, mestizo. That means he's a mixed individual. He has mm. both indigenous and um, white ancestors. And that would make me also a mestizo, a mixture. So I don't fully identify as white and I don't fully identify as indigenous. I identify as whatever mixed race <laughs> thing I am. There really isn't yeah. a term. In Mexico, they use the term mestizo, which actually does they don't really use as much anymore. Now they choose to identify with their nationality, which also complicates things further for Americans who try to discern what race a lot of uh, Mexicans are. The Americans are. like boxes a lot. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they do. Whereas in Latin America, they're like, whatever, you're just Brazilian. You're just whatever. It doesn't matter what race you are. You're just some mixture of whatever because we all are, you know? Yeah. And that way, we don't think that way because there hasn't been much mixture mm-hmm. in the U.S. But that's changing. Yeah, they call they call the U.S. what a melting pot. It's more of like a salad. It's right. becoming more of a melting pot. <laughs> it like, was a salad, oh right? You got them all yeah, together. Yeah, I mean, like, it's more of a salad. Like, everything's all together, but, like, you can distinctly pick out, like, the cherry tomatoes from the lettuce yeah. from, like, yeah. the pieces of carrot in there, right? Exactly. Um, which is changing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. And and, and it's it's interesting you you pull out the Guillermo del Toro example because yeah. you know I feel like a few years ago whenever someone would mention Guillermo del Toro they would just like this vision of who he is would supersede his whiteness. You just look at the man and this is a white man with blue eyes. Uh-huh. Like, but yeah. whatever vision you have will supersede that. Yeah. Um. And, and that's just sort of interesting, but also it kind of um in weird ways can take away. From him, like yeah, his like, like growing like, up in Mexico, right? Yeah. Um, and, and also like, oh, his achievement—he's like, uh, uh, just was nominated for an Oscar. He's yeah. a Hispanic man nominated for an Oscar, um, which is a big deal. Yeah. Um, but it's you know, it's not like you have um his one of his colleagues like Alfonso Cuarón or exactly yeah. who are mixed race individuals. Mm-hmm. That's a much bigger deal for someone like us, you know? Right. Exactly. Um, is, does any of this sort of clarify a little bit, Stanley? Yes, it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> At least I know the difference between Latinx and uh, Hispanic. Yes, yeah. which is what the sort of intent yeah. of this episode was originally. Yeah. And then we like just... the racistnicity part is like bonus if you can understand this. Yes, <laughs> yes exactly. That's star. Yes, that. exactly. That's the that's the the sort of extra. But we did this really to just sort of illustrate uh, to boil it down really. Uh, um, to this, which is um, here in the U.S., we decide to box in and to categorize Latinx and Hispanic people a certain way. We have politicians like Donald Trump do it. We have uh, just society decide that that's what it's going to be and sort of just racialize one whole group and refuse to see the diversity in it. And now we have young people like us growing up saying, no, actually, we're very diverse and we should see the diversity in it. And it makes no sense to sort of group all Latinx and Hispanic people into one ethnic group. Of course, we do share a, a common history and we do have a bond. Latinx people have a bond that just can, can never be torn. But at the same time, we are all so different and mm-hmm. so individual. Um, and it's important to know, um, especially moving forward. Uh, yeah, that's really the reason we decided to do this. Yeah. Question. Okay. Do you think the U.S. boxes people in like certain simplified terms just to get like grab statistics or in a way that will present like to other people like easier. That's definitely part of it for sure. I think it's, I think it's a little twofold, right? Like 
the the way the U.S. talks about race is not as nuanced as it could be. And I think that also feeds into the way we gather data and statistics is that, like, I think particularly, you know, just the mentality and the culture here in the West is not about nuance. It's more about absolutes a lot Mm -hmm. of the time. Um, And I think it's great because... um, the younger generation, people like us, we like to talk about the nuance and we are now, right. you know, like pushing forward on mm. that. Um, and like, even though a lot of us still function in those absolutes of black and white, like I think for the things that we really care about and the things that matter, we're willing to explore nuance. Right. And so, and I think that's, that's directly, you know, reflected in the changes coming out of the census as well. Like, how do we rework Mm-hmm. How we gather data about people based on the actual complexities they okay. inhabit. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I mean, and this is stuff yeah. that we've known, but exactly. we've just yeah. never been able to quantify it in a certain way. Yeah. Um, but that's that. That's really it. Um, uh, uh, this has sort of been uh, an interesting sort of experiment. I don't know how many more of these sort of types of episodes we'll do, uh, but I enjoyed it. It's sort of interesting to sort of. Uh, explain things that um, maybe you're too, uh, maybe someone's too embarrassed to ask or or yeah. sort of yeah. learn about. It's um, also like hard to. I mean, again, I had to read and watch a million explainers on like what the difference between all of the things are before I really felt like I had even a semblance of a handle on yeah. like how to think about it. It's not It's not an easy thing to separate in your head, especially if you grew up in the West, particularly if you grew up in the U.S. It's mm-hmm. just... And, yeah, it's... I think it's a hard thing. And like Edgar said, it's, you know, it's also hard for Latinx and Hispanic people. Mm-hmm. So it's not... It's not clear-cut for anybody. And no. the way... And, like, the way we think about race and ethnicity... Um, is also evolving. So exactly. that changes things as well. Exactly. So uh, everything we just said could totally yeah. change overnight. No, 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 no of course not. Um, uh, one sort of um, great resource that I think uh, um, we should share out is uh, MTV Decoded. They did a really great uh, sort did. of short explainer yeah. on the situation. Just a, a little. Just watch all of MTV Decoded, really, because it's all <laughs> yes. great. But yes. their Latinx Hispanic episode is quite good. You de- you definitely need to check it out because it, it it will sort of uh, help flesh out a lot of the things that we talked about. Um, today, but yeah, that has been our discussion on uh, Latinx and Hispanic uh, peoples in the U.S. Um, when we come back, we're going to go back to our sort of normal, typical episode. We have some news things to talk about, and of course, the Oscars, Oscar, <laughs> Oscar nominations. Speaking yes. of gear, <laughs> yeah, stay tuned for that. Welcome back. Let's talk some news, you guys. Yes. So this past weekend was the one-year anniversary of Trump's inauguration. Mm -hmm. But that also means it was the one-year anniversary of the Women's March. And this year, women all over the country came out again and marched again 
for basically the same shit we were marching for last year. Yep. Um, uh, (laughs) (laughs) Which makes it all all the worst. Um, But great show of just like solidarity and sort of like. I think a lot of people, especially after the first Women's March, expected people to lose steam on the activism front. And I think we've seen this year people really, like, rally time and time and time again to call their representatives, donate money to important races, really get involved in politics because of the situation we're in. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to I wanted to shout some numbers out there. Um, More than 200,000 people attended the march in New York. Um, Los Angeles said 600,000 people attended the event Um, in Chicago. around 300,000. That's a so lot of numbers. That is so many There people. is a video on Facebook of the Austin March, and we have this road called Congress that leads to our Capitol building mm-hmm. um, downtown. And literally, all it was covered. It was all just people marching towards the Capitol. And it was from one of the buildings in downtown. They were taking an aerial view. It was amazing. Um, several speakers urge women to channel their energy to helping the Democrats win in the upcoming mm-hmm. midterm elections. It is 2018. It is a midterm year. You're going to see all of your congressional representatives starting to run soon. Um, Trump said in a tweet that it was the perfect day for all women to march. <laughs> while oh <laughs> unprecedented economic success and wealth creation under his Bullshit. watch. I know. It is also worth noting that the same so day, uh, Trump also spoke at the March for Life, a um, noted pro-life oh my march. God. So basically, like, the antithesis, like, oh my God. partially an march. antithesis yeah. to the women's march. The, the tweet, though, is just, it's so hilarious. The tweet's because, bad, y'all. it's like, he's so <laughs> unaware. Yeah. Toned up. Like, they are protesting you, dude. <laughs> You're the reason for this. You are the reason we're protesting. I forgot who it was. I think it was like uh, Kumail Nanjani or someone tweeted back. They were like, uh, should someone tell him? (laughs) 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 Which I thought was so great. Oh, man, that was just ridiculous. Wow. Um, But yeah, it's, you know, it's things like this that we're just going to have to keep doing. People are just going to have to keep doing um, until things actually change, change yeah. because yeah. um i mean the only thing i can stay say is even if you weren't able to attend the women's march stay vigilant like these big mm-hmm. public sh- um showing of solidarity and support and protest are really important but just as important if not more is making sure you know who's representing, getting involved in local elections, especially when it comes to being informed as to who you're voting Mm -hmm. in um, in the district courts. That's very important. Um, You know, make sure you know who you're electing to, like, your city council. Uh, Those are the little things that really make a difference. We're going to have to take a bottom-up approach, not a top-down approach, because Trump is at the top, so we can't really take a top-down approach. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But make sure you know who your congressional representatives are. Go to town halls. Um, Here in Texas, Beto O'Rourke is running for Ted Cruz's seat, uh, which I feel like is a very important thing to note. He has been running a great campaign. Um, But beyond that, 
it's an election year, so make sure you know who's running in every single thing that affects you. Not only just at the national level, but at the local level. Sit down, crack open your laptop, do some research. It'll take a few hours. Just do it. I can tell you there are so many websites that Mm. will help you. There are a lot of resources out there. um, And we can link to some on our social platforms closer to the election. Get informed. Get informed. Get involved. Knock some doors. Take some names. Raise hell. (laughs) From local to national politics. From local to national politics. Speaking of Trump's glory, (laughs) not really. Um, So the government shut down for three days, you guys. Yeah, that was was a little crazy. (laughs) Um, Democrats were holding strong, saying, you know... We don't have a majority, so we're not going to vote for anything that doesn't ensure protection for dreamers mm-hmm. and that doesn't fund CHIP, which is the Children's Health Insurance Program. Mm-hmm. Um, Republicans, in true evil cartoon villain fashion, said it's time for the Democrats to pick. Do they want to pick the kids or do they want to pick the dreamers? Like, literally, like I want, I want you guys insane. to recognize that the GOP is pitting sick children against people who will literally get kicked out of the only country they know. Yeah. That is what is happening right now. And and it is a self-created problem, which is what's even more infuriating. Yeah. So the government shut down for three days. Yeah. Because um, they didn't, like, the government didn't do anything when ship. Um, expired like months before. No, they had bipartisan. They had a bipartisan bill for DACA. They had a bipartisan bill for CHIP. All, all of um, it. Yeah. GOP so was basically using these two points um, as leverage exactly. in order to get Which is other like things evil, passed. Right. And then but, the government shut down. Like that's some legit evil shit. Like yeah. we we use a lot of hyperbole, but this right here is evil shit. Yeah. Sick kids against people who would literally be lost because you're going to kick them out. You're literally kicking them to the wolves. Like, that's literally yeah. what's happening. Like, <laughs> cartoon level but it's evil. Like, I'm villain. laughing because I'm so uncomfortable by it. It's like really bad. <laughs> yeah. um, they reached a short term agreement. Another, and like, the government was supposed to shut down a while ago. We've been just voting in short-term mm-hmm. funding for the past couple of months. Yeah. So we fu- the um, Congress has voted another short-term bill that funds the government until February 8th. And Democrats have said if there is not a deal on DACA and CHIP by February 8th, yeah. they're not voting for anything. Yeah, See, so but, shut down part yeah. two. And at the end of the day, it's not Democrats' fault. The GOP, the GOP has, has a, majority. a majority in the yeah. House and the Senate, and the sitting president is <laughs> the part of the White House. They have this everything. Is, <laughs> yeah. This is the first time oh in decades that the government has shut down when one party has controlled the, the, the Congress yeah. and the White House. How do y'all feel? Just about, let that sink in. Yeah, because yeah, the government yeah. did shut down under Obama, but the president was a Democrat and the Congress was Republican controlled. How do you all feel about the Democrats uh, relenting? Their whole argument is McConnell has so publicly said and agreed to have this debate and this argument um, for DACA later on 
that we're okay with funding the government. Um, how do y'all feel about that? A lot of people were yeah, angry but, that they relented. I mean, when is, like, honestly, when is later on? And, like, how can you trust the promises of these people? Right. That's, yeah. that's why I'm so um, upset about it. Like, how at this point, McConnell them? has gone back on his word so many yeah. times. Yeah. I mean, like, even the guy he, like, he endorsed Trump for president after directly saying that, like, I wouldn't be able to look my daughters in the eye if I was if I endorsed Trump. Yeah. So, you know, I, <laughs> I, like, man, just Democrats need to get a backbone, and it's, it looked like they had it for a second. It right? did. Yeah. It's literally, it's, there's literally no possible way that this shutdown could be our fault. Right. We don't control the House exactly. and the Senate. Yeah. If y'all don't have the votes, y'all don't have the votes. Get your Freedom Caucus, like, get the Freedom Caucus under control if you want it. Mm-hmm. But, like, basically, basically the problem was there are enough moderate, all the moderate Democrats were like, okay, fine, we'll fund Chip, we'll fund DACA. The Freedom Caucus, the extremely right-wing part mm. of the GOP was like, nah. They got in Trump's ear, so Trump wouldn't sign a bipartisan DACA deal. Mm. Like, and everybody's on board to fund Chip. So that's basically what happened at this point. The okay. GOP just does has too many fractions mm-hmm. in their own party <laughs> to vote anything through. Yeah. So they need Democratic votes. Right, yeah. exactly. But they, of course they smeared the Democrats right. and they're pulling this whole like... You making know, it seem like it's Democrats. Making it Democrats seem like it's Democrats. To choose one or the other. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, so the government is funded for now. Um, Democrats say that this is the last time before they'll put... There'll yep. be pencils down, but we'll honestly, who knows? We'll see about that. Um, it's my opinion that this time should have been pencils down. Like, we should have kind of fought a little bit harder to get those things rolling. I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. I agree okay. as well. <laughs> so, we're moving on. Yes. Yeah. That, that is your, Well, I will say, there uh, is, like, a lot of news happening right now that we have not news. even touched on. Yeah, there's um, a lot of... There's a <laughs> lot going on there's like a conference in switzerland there's a there were a couple of shootings like there's a lot going on things are happening in the world um and and, and we just chose these stories because they were like the big national stories um and we had a lot to say about them um but of course we will come back with more news later Um, but now we're jumping on to some culture stuff so we're going to start off with wonder woman 2 which will be the first production to adopt the PGA's um, anti-sexual harassment guidelines. Um, Producers Guild of America. Yeah, this is a big deal. Yeah. And um, the PGA issued, like, guidelines on Friday for producers, cast, crew, and other members to recognize and combat um, sexual harassment, both on and off set, which is a huge step yeah. progress yeah yeah it's like kind of sad that this <laughs> stuff wasn't in place right. already like i i literally cannot believe it took this long yeah. to get a like basic <laughs> union yeah. guideline yeah. Yeah. in place and it's just the pga well, so it's, it's not like, even like yeah it yeah. shows you how fucking rock this is the production is. department yeah. like <laughs> what <laughs> So what the guidelines ha- are is that um, it provides like several recommendations, including 
that each production complies with federal and state laws um, and offers a range of reporting procedures and provide in-person anti-sexual harassment training for all members of the cast and crew um, at any start of the production, including uh, um, the start of TV shows like each season, they should do that. Fuck yeah! Yeah. So um, the recommendations also note that the reports of sexual harassment are to be listened to with attention and empathy Mm -hmm. while bearing in mind that there's... There's, like, no, like, report on, like, predetermined guilt. Right. Yeah. Right. So. The, I mean, this is, it, it just blows my mind that it took this long for this just to be, like, the basic fucking uh, guidelines and rules that should have been in place forever. Um, it's kind of poetic that Wonder Woman 2 is the first movie to be the one to do this. Um, yeah, but also I, appropriate. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's just, it's, it's good. Like, this is a great deal. It's just... So took so long. Took right? way too long. I don't know. Thoughts, feelings, Olivia. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think the fact that it took this long to make a guideline, like every workplace I've ever been a part of has had, I've had to go through. Yeah. You know, like yeah. harassment it's very, training. It's so telling. It is so telling. So it's just sad that yeah. it took this long for a some a what is on the surface a progressive industry to have even guidelines in place Mm -hmm. for like Mm -hmm. basic shit like this is harassment 101 you know it's not anything Mm -hmm. you know as far as it being wonder woman whatever (laughs) (laughs) we know Olivia's feelings on wonder woman i'm just saying your your feminism has to be intersectional but i think like them adopting the guidelines and having it be like a set production like they're gonna have set production training they're going to train the cast and crew like i think this is something that every production every major Mm -hmm. studio production should do Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, so it's a step forward. Yes. And hopefully things grow. Yeah. From it. Uh, yeah. Uh, we're going to see more and more of this. So. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, but the big news. Yeah. yeah. Is that the Oscar nominations <laughs> were announced. Oscar. This past Tuesday. Noms. Oscar yes. Noms. They are here and they are quite surprising. Okay, so why <laughs> why are the Oscar Fish noms love. different? <laughs> Fish love. Fish love. Why are the Oscar noms so different this year, though? What do you mean different? What like what was different about this year's selection process? Oh, um, they included more. <laughs> Sorry, that just like went over my head. That was kind of funny. Yes, they included yes. like more members mm-hmm. to include diversity into the voting process. Right. And it's the first time since yes. those guidelines were put right in, in place. place yeah. Mm-hmm. They added a whole bunch of new members, and I think the most significant change, Edgar and I were talking about this last night, is that they cleared out a lot of Academy voters. Basically, if you're not active in the industry, you don't get to vote. If you're not active in the category that you're voting for, you don't get to vote. Exactly, which I think led to a lot of the surprises uh, Mm -hmm. for these nominations. Um, So how should we go through, do we just go through the the Let's go through some highlights. Let's go through some highlights. Some highlights. So, um... Do you want me to go through like each category or like the major categories? Let's do some major categories, and then major we sort cats. of uh, uh, we sort of isolated some uh, big special, moments and yeah. special moments. Um, um, so best picture um, nominees were "Call Me by Your Name," mm-hmm. great movie, "Darkest Hour," mm-hmm. didn't see it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dunkirk, uh, did see it, 
Get out. Yeah. Woo! Get out. Ladybird. Yeah. yeah. Phantom Thread. I haven't seen it. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's what I hear. The Post. Side note. The Post is one of those movies that like, has a bunch of superpower names. No one I know has seen it. I love Stanley's it. Stanley's the only person I know Of course, Stanley's it. the only one. <laughs> exactly. The person who's seen it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is Spotlight 2.0, but it's actually really good. Okay. It's actually great. Uh, okay. So Spotlight's not great? Okay. No, the Spotlight's also great. They're, both- <laughs> <laughs> they're great for different reasons. Yeah, they're great for different reasons. Okay. Um, the Shape of Water. Guillermo. Mm-hmm. Fish Love. Which, by the way, got the most nominations out of any movie got this year. 13 nominations. 13 hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. And three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yep, which is also great on a rewatch when I saw it recently. Yeah, so Stanley hated it the first. Yeah, time. I didn't hate it. I liked it. I just like, why do people love it? And then I was like, I'll rewatch it. Okay, I love it. I understand why. But okay, well, okay. So that's that's the main category: thoughts and feelings. Here, I think sort of the big standout here is that Get Out, a horror movie. Yes. Is nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. It's been a long time since that's happened. The Exorcist? Silence of the Lambs? Yeah, 90s? Damn. Yeah, it's very rare that a horror slash thriller gets nominated for the Best Picture category. Because horror is often a genre that's looked down upon. Mm -hmm. Yep. Exactly. But... It's it's not prestige. Yeah, it's not a prestige genre like a drama yeah. or a costume drama like. Right. Yeah, it's not a period piece. It's yeah. not a biopic. Right. It's not Oscar bait material. It's not Oscar bait. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, but I'm pleasantly surprised by this list. The only thing I, I would. I think there are some snubs. Yeah, the, for yeah. Sure. there's one big the one snub. Big one snub big snub that yeah. I'm thinking of is um, I Tanya. Yes. Yeah, I Tanya <laughs> got. No. Big snub. Uh, I Tanya, by the way, I saw recently. Masterpiece. Ma- amazing movie. Yeah. Just fucking amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> and it's really crazy that it was not nominated. Yeah. It's like, what? Um, I feel like either Darkest Hour could have been kicked out. Yeah. There, there's no some one, weak links on there. No one saw Darkest Hour. Yeah, no, no one did. <laughs> not that that doesn't make a great movie. Right. Yeah. But it's like, Darkest Hour seems like a very typical Oscar Beatty. It like, is. it's a biopic. Pick, yeah. Gary yeah. Oldman plays Winston Churchill, so he looks completely different. Yeah. Like, it's a lot of, like, this is a very typical, like, Oscar Beatty movie. Yeah. yeah. You know what we should do? Um, and let's not spend too much time on it, or we'll take the whole episode pretty much, but let's give um, who we want to win. Just okay. initial who we want to win. Not Don't really think about it, and then who you think is most likely to win. But um, who I... Yeah. What we want to win. Yeah, who would you pick? So of, the, of that selection, which, by the way... Um, best picture uh, category can have ten movies, but this year they only chose nine, nine. which makes the I Tanya snub hurt exactly. even more. It's like what? <laughs> Why did you just throw it in? Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, of those movies, I um, think of these. Um, I think Get Out should win best picture. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. I think it even has a chance. So I do too. Yeah, yeah. I, do I do too. too. Um, but what do you guys? Yeah, so is that both both your picks? The one you think should win, and the one will you, win. You, the will. the one I think will win will either be Shape of Water or Three Billboards. Okay, because that's been getting both yeah. of them been yeah. getting exactly. a lot of steam. A lot of people saying there there aren't a lot of clear favorites this year, there but if aren't. there is, it'd probably be Shape of Water or Three Billboards. Those yeah. are sort of the ones that are being championed. Um, I, I've seen a, a lot of these movies. I loved um, the, all of the ones I've seen. I pretty much loved, um, except Dunkirk. I didn't love it as much. But <laughs> it's still pretty good. Um, uh, I, I think they're actually all solid movies. My personal yeah. pick, of course, Get Out. I think that would just be so big for many different reasons, exactly. and I yeah. think it would just be really important. 
Um, I think we're all team get out here. Yeah, but I, I think uh, three billboards or Shape of Water will definitely take it. Yeah. I'm just gonna go ahead and pick three billboards. It kind of it's like one of those that just kind of seems it'll take it. Yeah. I think Shape of I think Shape of Water has a good chance. I think Shape of Water might take it. Um, it, it also had like a really clean sweep at the PGA Awards as yeah. well, which it's, has and it's been, an amazing movie. It is a really well, great Olivia movie. and I both like it. Stanley not, really. not so much. Stanley doesn't like it, but I, think I really like it. It's the weakest like film it. out of all the nominees. Oh, but um, oh, Dunkirk. <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, no. no, they're all really excellent. Yeah. I will say it's also cool to note that Shape of Water is like a monster movie mm-hmm. as well. So mm-hmm. kind of horror, but not really. But yeah, it's like significant. It's a, it's it's magical right. realism. Yeah, which is yeah. Like... it's fish love. Can we just mention it's fish love? AKA fish love. Fish yes. love. Fish love. Okay. Um, we'll, be, think... we'll be calling it fish love for the rest of the <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, like, I think I won't get out to win. Shape of Water is probably going to win, in my opinion. I haven't seen Three Billboards yet, though, so. All right. I'll be, int- I'll be interested to hear what you think of it. Yeah, it, I'll, if three billboards it's been went, getting split re- reactions. Yeah. Yes, I, I think that's a movie that tests a person's empathy. Yeah. like if you are able to empathize with a racist cop, like it is very hard. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, 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 yeah. But anyways, that's for a whole other conversation. Let's uh, let's go through these real quick. All right, so for directing, it's Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk, his first, which is crazy. Oh. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Jordan Peele for Get Out. Amazing. Yes. And only the fifth black uh, male director ever nominated. Yeah. Yeah. And Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird. Yeah. Only, only the, the fifth, fifth woman. Female yeah, ever nominated. The fifth yes. woman ever nominated. Yes. Paul Thomas Anderson for Phantom Thread. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which was like a surprise. I don't think anyone was actually expecting him to sneak mm-hmm. his way in. Yeah. Um, Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water. Who um, t- took I'll, the Golden Globe and did he take the PGA? He took the PGA too. Yeah, so he's definitely the clear favorite here. Um, yeah, because what I think what they're trying to do is split the director and picture. So yeah. give one to Shape of Water and give one to Three Billboards or something. Or get out or whatever. Yeah, yeah that would that or would get make, out. Yeah, that, that would make be, sense. That would make sense. They so, might get, they might give. I feel like they'll probably give Jordan Peele the win here, not, and give Shape of Water best picture. picture. That could that, that could work. that yeah. could happen too. Um, or they could give Guillermo a bone since because the the Academy does this a lot where they sort of award directors or, or people. It's like a re- snubbed. it's a yeah. retroactive. Yes, exactly. It's like we didn't give you one for pants, so, so here you <laughs> should have this. Yeah. Which by the way, pants should have like yeah, swept that year. Pants should have swept. Pants. But pants anyway, <laughs> we're talking about think, Pants Labyrinth. Yeah. yeah, Pants Labyrinth. Yeah. I think Pants Labyrinth is like. <laughs> One of all three of our favorite movies. I, yes. I will say. I will say this. I will be happy if either Guillermo or Jordan Peele win. I would much rather Jordan Peele, but just because of the yeah. cultural significance and the moment. Uh, but it would not be too shabby if Guillermo would win, and he would also become, I think, the third Mexican in a row in to a row, win yeah. uh, Best Director because both his uh, three Tequila Gang members have uh, yeah. uh, hey. have won Best Director these last two, take shots. two Oscars. <laughs> yeah, which is pretty I great. Would- also, wouldn't mind if Greta Gerwig won. Yeah, I think yeah. that would be... I think Greta Gerwig's, like... Oh, man, Lady Bird was so good. Lady yeah. Bird was so fucking good. <laughs> Anyways, okay, moving on. <laughs> For original screenplay, we have The Big Sick. Mm-hmm. A, it, sur- a lot of people are very yeah. surprised by that, pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Um, Get Out, mm-hmm. Lady of course, Bird, of course. Mm-hmm. Shape of Water, yep. and Three Billboards. Yeah. yeah. Tough category here. Tough category. I think, I, I guess for me, like, I have so many problems with The Big Sick 
script that we talk about in another episode. <laughs> you did. Check it out. Our big Check sick it episode. out. It is very good. It's one of our best. Um, but I think, like, writing-wise, it is definitely well-deserved. I, you know, the writing in that movie, like, the comedy in that movie is mm. really solid. The writing and, like, the characterizations, everything is really solid in that movie. Um, what do y'all want to win? I, I think this... Uh, the, I want Get Out to have I a I want Get seat. Out. Yeah, that's what yeah. I... That's what I want. <laughs> I want Get I Out. I want them to win for everything, everything. they're nominated I for. I want Get Out to win, but I think uh, we'll... Uh, this might be... Like like you said, this might be one of those things where maybe they don't give Guillermo the, Best Director, but I think they'll give gonna, him the screenplay. You know, it might be one of those things. I think they might throw it to Gerwig. Yeah, Gerwig is one. Yeah, yeah. Lady Bird is I, I honestly think it's going to be... I honestly think this awards... I feel like a lot of movies tend to have a clean sweep. I don't think this award, like, I don't think this no. award will be that. No. This award yeah. show will be that. I think a lot, I think for the major categories, a lot of different people will take a lot of different Which awards. I think is great. But I think it's a good great. thing, yeah. yeah. Because, like, from the nominations, like, when you count, tally up everything, there's, like, a, a big mixture of films mm-hmm. yeah. represented here. Exactly. All right. Also, check out through. all of these great picture noms being original screenplays. What? Yeah. I'm just saying, oh, yeah, original yeah, yeah, yeah. content in Hollywood is, like, dying, yeah. Yeah. so this is great to see. Yeah. So, for adapted screenplay, we have Call Me By Your Name, mm-hmm. The Disaster Artist, mm-hmm. Logan. Which, surprise. Logan, also big surprise. Yeah. Disaster Artist and Logan that, are huge surprises. Yeah. So, uh, Logan is the first uh, um, mainstream superhero movie to yeah. get a mainstream uh, nomination. Yeah. Big. Although I disagree that it should be there in the first place. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm gonna. Wait a minute. All right. Molly's Game, uh-huh. Aaron Sorkin, obviously, uh-huh. um, and Mudbound. Yeah. yeah. Where Dee Reese is the first black woman to be um, nominated for adapted screenplay category. Go Dee Reese! Yep. Yeah, which is like crazy. I that know. It's 2018, yeah. and that's the. But first. I'm gonna go back a little bit and say that Dee Reese should also should have been nominated for best director as well. Yeah. yeah. An- another snub. There were another, snubs this year. There yeah, were a sure. lot of snubs. For sure. Um, yeah. yeah. Let's. Uh, All right. Zoom through, or should Zoom we? Through. Uh, okay, actor and actress. Yes, yes. Okay, so for, the biggies. Act, for actor, we have Timothy Chalamet for Call Me By Your Name, Jen J. Lewis, Phantom Thread, Daniel mm-hmm. Kaluuya for Get Out. Who should mm-hmm. win? Yes. <laughs> All right, Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour, Denzel Washington for Roman J. Es- Israel Esquire. Yes, which... Which, which all right, so um, James Franco was supposed to be that fifth spot. Right, but mm-hmm. then the allegations came out. So you think they? Do you think? I mean, like a lot of people are calling that are calling it a snub for Franco because of the allegations. Yes, interesting. Yes, which, which I think is very realistically possibly what's gonna what did happen. So yeah, it, it, I mean theoretically, um, because he did get nominated for like the SAG Awards, mm-hmm. Golden Globes, Globes, everything. So yeah, so of and these, who who, um, I mean, you guys go Daniel. First. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. We want get Daniel out. Daniel Coolio should win. Yeah. We want get out. <laughs> I also feel like Timothy was good as well. Oh, he was. Call me by your name. But, oh, he was great. That yeah. last shot yeah. was heartbreaking. But Did Daniel Coolio should win. I have not seen okay. it. So stop but, it, Alicia. Yeah. But uh, he's, he's but really good. good in the movie. Yeah. Okay. He's really good. But <laughs> Daniel Coolio should win. <laughs> get out should just. Yeah. Get out should have a clean sweep. We're very. Let's uh, be real. Uh, get out. Biased. biased here. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Best right. actress. Best actress, Sally Hawkins, Shape of Water. She's so good. Frances McDormand, Three Billboards. Mm-hmm. Margot Robbie, I, Tanya. She's uh, amazing. Which I am so happy she's nominated. Yeah. Oh my gosh, she's so brilliant. Yeah. 
Um, Saoirse Ronan, Lady Bird. So good. Also great. Mm-hmm. Meryl Streep, The Post, which I think she's amazing in it. She broke her own record. She's, she's <laughs> now been nominated 21 <laughs> times for the lead, for... Uh, Oscar nom. She and she previously held the record, so she broke her own I know record. record. <laughs> she's just is, adding more. Yeah, she's just fucking killing it. She's, she's the, the Michael Jordan of she's Best gonna, Actress she's literally gonna. She's gonna keep breaking her record till she, she fucking dies. dies. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this is a very tough. Uh, um, category. I Honestly, think. lead actress is always it's a all, really yeah. tough category. And I, I, we're just really great. Yeah, <laughs> women <laughs> just general. I just don't know here because these are some like really great meaty roles for yeah. actresses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could really see it going to go any anyway. Honestly. But who I want to win is Margot Robbie because yeah. she is amazing. I think Aunt- I Tonya yeah. should get. I haven't seen it yet, but oh. I feel like it should get something. I'm oh no, she's. Um, I think the one that Itania will win is for best supporting for mm, with Allison mm, Jamie. Allison Jamie. That's yeah. right. I will. I will say. Um, uh, of, it's just hard because they're all so amazing. Maybe Sasha Ronan. Maybe just because yeah. I just recently saw Itania, I will go Margot Robbie. But she was so she brilliant was so in that in movie. It. It's like gave me goosebumps. I was like, holy I cried. fuck! Yeah, but Sasha so was so good in Lady Bird too. Yeah. I mean, Lady Bird was good, but I, Tanya, oh my god. I watch I, Tanya. Like, I, Tanya is fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> These are all good movies, by the way. And, like, I, and I would like to say that Meryl Streep in The Post isn't like, oh, it's just another nomination because she's Meryl Streep. Like, she plays such a different it. character. Like, yeah. she plays a meek character that you don't see her often playing. Oh, interesting. That That's like, not the way the trailer is sort of portrayed. Yeah. Right? Because she's like, okay. okay yeah, she's That's like cool. in a world yeah. filled with men mm-hmm. surrounding her, and she's just like... She, her job was given to her because her husband died. Yes, right. Okay. So she's not actually like ready to tackle Take over, on. Yeah. 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 Okay. Which is an interesting role. So yeah, okay. those are the the top the, the major yeah. categories. categories. I don't know if you guys want to talk about anything else. Yeah. I, just very interesting and cool, uh, uh, um, different Oscar nominations yeah. than usual. Um, one of the big sort of uh, standouts, Olivia. I know you're going to say it, so I'm going to just. Wait, 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 which one? Two. No, go for it, go for it. Which I know one? how to say it. So, uh, cinematographer. Oh my god, cinematographer. Yes. Rachel Morrison is nominated for Best Cinematography for Mudbound, Mudbound, the first woman in the entire 90 year history of the Academy to be nominated. Isn't that in the cinematography crazy? Category. Isn't that sad? It's so sad. It's <laughs> very sad. Well, it, 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 but it's good. It's good because it's like, okay, we're getting these uh, uh, awards to the, or these nominations to the people who have never gotten them. Like, that's great. It's yeah, like, just, like newbies, like mm-hmm. um, Jordan Peele and Greta Gerwig are nominated against these veteran directors, you know? Right. And so, like, yeah, fresh faces are popping up. Exactly. Yeah. And one other notable nom is Yance Ford is the first trans director nominated mm-hmm. for Best Documentary for Strong Island. We don't. It's talk, on Netflix. Which is on Netflix. Which we Go check it out. Yeah, check we don't out. talk about the doc... The doc you know, cat that uh, category that often, but you know. Oh, I also like to point out that Abacus um, it was also nominated for um, best doc, which is my favorite documentary this year. Oh, but yeah. just you put it in that. <laughs> just Stanley's hot. Stanley's yeah. putting it out. It's on PBS. Yeah. Okay, go yeah. check it out. Go check it out. Well, and cool. Let's like mention I mean, that the Boss Baby and Ferdinand. Oh my God, Boss Baby Boss nominated Baby. for Best Animated Picture, but Your, not the Lego Movie. Not the Lego Movie. Batman. Your name is not on that list. Yeah. 
I don't even know when it qualified to That's be, true. but it didn't get nominated either year, like last year or this year. So boo. So yeah, but yeah. there's like a whole controversy that um, boss baby the voters. Yeah, uh, like each category in the Oscars are given out to voters who are in that category. Like cinematographers mm-hmm. vote for their own thing, but and for animated they give it out to everyone. Right. It's okay. so like people who don't care about animated movies. Like, or they, they just take their kids to see Boss Baby, which is like, oh, we'll just vote for yeah. Boss Baby. So it's like, so that's so how we like get a Boss shit Baby now. Show yeah. And unfair. Boss Baby. <laughs> I just. Boss Baby. What if Boss Baby is actually a fucking amazing movie? <laughs> no. Like, not giving it the chance. I'm not give it a chance. <laughs> what if Boss Baby is fucking legit? <laughs> uh. <laughs> That's, That's never gonna happen. Yeah. So um, I, I think, mean, I think we talked about like who our fav, like who we want to get win. Out. <laughs> we I, want get out to have a clean sweep. <laughs> definitely. I think. Uh, uh, I think that would make us the most happy, happy yeah. here. But I, I would not be opposed to a lot of these winning. Because, like, yeah, different ones winning. Because yeah. honestly, this was like uh, I think this was a really strong year. It's a tough year. Yeah. All the movies that at least I saw in these categories were fantastic. Like, there's Same. hardly any... Yeah. Even the weakest links here are stronger than a lot of the stronger movies some other years. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just been a really great year for filmmaking and for movies. Um, and on top yeah. with more acclaim for Get Out is that the four categories that got nominated were, like, the major categories. Best Director, yeah. Picture, mm-hmm. Screenplay, and Actor. Yeah, yeah, which is just which is like one fantastic. of like maybe like three or I don't know like few fewer than ten movies have done. Yeah, that. yeah. I will be very upset if Get Out and Daniel Kaluuya don't win. <laughs> it might happen. I don't. I know. mean, I know it's gonna. I know it's probably gonna happen, and I'm like trying to prep for it. <laughs> I really don't. You're gonna know. prepare yourself. I think for I'm prep- yeah. but I, like this we is- need to prepare for Fish Love just sweeping and winning <laughs> everything. I'll be pissed off. <laughs> Freaking Shape of Water is gonna kill it. <laughs> it I'm might so be, pissed off. But it might be one of those things. I was telling Alifia. I was telling Alifia this yesterday, where the the cat like everything's so broad and wide that the voting is so split that a movie like Shape of Water could, could win, sw- could yeah. sneak by, could and swim win. up, yeah, and it could win. swim upstream. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this is going to be a very interesting Oscars. We should watch them this year and uh, talk about it. I don't think we did last year. Also, let's quickly talk about the supporting actresses because I think that's also a very strong okay, yeah. category. So Mary J. Blige for Mudbound. Mm-hmm. Allison Janney for I, Tanya, mm-hmm. Leslie Manville for Phantom Thread. She was fantastic. Not seen it. Um, Laurie Metcalf for Labor. Amazing. Oh, yes, she was amazing. And Octavia Spencer so for A Ship of Water. Ooh, these are all so good. But not Hong Chao from Downsizing. Oh. <laughs> That's just my... I, did, I did not see that movie, but yeah. uh, a lot of people did not like that movie. Apparently. Yeah, but her performance it was good. is the mm. best thing in that movie. Yeah. But yeah, it's a really strong category. It could be a flip for any of these to win. Yeah, who would you pick? Um, I don't know. Yeah, Lori yeah. Metcalf. Lori Metcalf for Labor because I think that she. she I mean, yeah, she, she kills it. She's amazing for sure. Heartbreaking. Oh my yeah. god! That, like last. Oh my gosh! And also, I that didn't realize that airport scene. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, did you uh. go? yep. No spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> no yeah. spoilers. But oh my god! The airport yeah. scene. Yeah. Yeah. So good. But I, like Mary J. Blige, I didn't even realize that was her. I was, I was like, I recognize her from somewhere, but I don't know who she is. And then when the credits were, I was like, Mary, Mary J. Blige, Blige, the singer, is in this? What? <laughs> that's awesome. She's so good at it. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, that's cool. But that's yeah. cool. 
And uh, Willem Dafoe gets that nom too, by the way. For the Florida Project. <laughs> Florida Project. Which is the only nomination it had. Oh, yeah, another another snub. snub. Which, yeah, it's gonna make Drake very sad. He's gonna write a song about. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is gonna write a song about it. <laughs> and no, no nominations for Wonder Woman, but I mean I don't really Which care. Not, not even like special no, no, Yeah, Blade Runner. No, like, yeah. Blade Runner. There. I mean that uh, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it, very interesting. But yeah, very shout out Wonder Woman. Which mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, I don't really care for that much in the technical. Yeah, well. that's yeah. true. That's true. I mean, when I we're, we're talking like that is fine. we're talking like the big boys. Here, yeah, you know what I mean. We're the talking big, the, the big, big boys. boys. So Wonder Woman is out. <laughs> Wonder Woman. Okay, no, no, no. no, I'm joking. <laughs> 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 it's an inside joke thing. Anyways, the big boys. Uh, um, but it, we're talking it, about fish love. Uh, yeah, we're talking about fish love here. Uh, get mm-hmm. out of here with your Wonder Woman. This is about. Woman and fish falling in love, Stanley. This is the movie of the century. Uh, <laughs> what we need in the disagree. world. Disagree. It's a fairy tale. <laughs> Anyways, a poorly fish ri- written love. one. Oh shit. Okay, okay. Uh, we have uh, very strong feelings about Shape of Water. Anyways, <laughs> uh, moving on. Like I said, I think this year we should all um, watch the Oscars, um, and then we will discuss the winners and all that happened yeah. last year we discussed the big sort of crazy event when la la land was announced yeah. but really moonlight one i wonder if we'll have any sort of big things Snap. happen this year i bet you we won't because they're definitely gonna yeah. be on top they're of like, their game we gotta get our shit yeah. together <laughs> have their shit together uh so we'll, we'll see how that goes um as always you can listen to our podcast everywhere that you listen to podcasts i assume stitcher overcast google play uh, leave us a review, especially on iTunes, if you can. And follow us on our social media, at MinorityPod, everywhere except Facebook, where we are the whole thing, the Minority Report podcast. Um, yeah, so this was another one of those sort of different format episodes, different, we're trying new, different things. Not really entirely sure uh, where we're going to go from here, but it's been fun to sort of experiment. Um, so stay tuned for more of that. Yes. Bye. Bye. Bye.